Well, this morning I have the awesome privilege to introduce you uh, Marianne Lucas. Marianne is a missionary with YWAM in Argentina. And uh, for many of you who have attended our church, you know that we have supported Marianne for, for many years. And uh, she's actually, uh, it was from this church. And, uh, and many people ind- individually support Marianne with their prayers and, and financially and, and, and all that stuff. So this morning she's going to come and, and she's going to share some tests. She's going to come and she's going to share some testimonies and uh, about what God is doing uh, through her ministry with YWAM. And uh, I tell you, first service, I was blessed. It was really good. So let's pray over Marianne this morning, and then I'm going to let her go ahead. Yeah, you can give it up for Marianne. Yeah, go ahead. Well, let's pray for Marianne this morning. Father, I thank you for Marianne. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just use her this morning to be your mouthpiece to to our body. God, I pray that you would, uh, God, let her stories impact us in, in such a way, Lord, that, that our hearts are stirred to do what you've called us to do in our in our places, in our areas of influence. God, I pray, God, that you would uh, you 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 would just uh, bless her ministry, continue to use her to reach people for you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, um, I had a little thank you thing. Um, I brag about my church all the time, and I don't really know you that well. I introduced, I welcomed you when We're you came. We're friends on Facebook. We're friends on Facebook. We're good. Um, <laughs> But our, this church helped support a project that we did back in February in Argentina. We have a group called Activating Voices, and they work with the prevention of child sex abuse. They go into the schools, they go into churches and in the community, and they teach the prevention of child sex abuse. And they do it with children, too, and they counsel them and things like that. And they did a training. It was the first time we, we embarked on something like that, and it was a really big project for us. And the church stepped up, and they supported us, which helped pay for a lot of the expenses because we had a lot of teachers that came in from outside, and we had to pay for their expenses. And, uh, but the group asked me to give this to the church, to the pastor, to say thank you. Thank you for your support, and thank you for the blessing that you were to help us to be able to do that in, in Argentina. So thank you. All right. Well, I'm not as quite as nervous as I was in the first service, but... Um, I have a little, I'm trying to make myself feel a little more comfortable here, so um, I'm used to preaching in Spanish, I'm used to kissing every single person when you walk in the church because that's their custom, you have to greet everyone, so imagine what the greeting time is in the church, it's like a half an hour and like I, I said in the first service, please, please, please don't report me for sexual harassment. I'm just kissing you on the cheek and welcome you, saying, God bless you. That's all. That's, that's all I'm doing. So anyways, um, my name is Marianne Lucas. I have a, a, a card up here just with some information just so you guys can get to know me a little bit. Um, it has my contact information. Oh, wait a second. That's my um, ChristianMingle.com. Um, yeah, you can, you can switch that to the next one there. There we go. So... Hey, single, um, <laughs> not dead. But anyways, this is my contact information. For those of you who are interested in being in contact with me, it's uh, if you have WhatsApp, if you're not familiar with WhatsApp, it's very famous outside of the United States. It's the best way to communicate. It's uh, internet-based, and you can send videos, you can send voice, you can send messages, you can send me pictures. I love, love, love getting 
messages from people. So if you want to communicate with me, my Facebook's up there. And also, you know, if God moves on your heart and you want to send me an, an offering or a blessing, my PayPal's there. It's the same as my email. But I also have the cards that you can see me afterwards. I'll, I'll get you one of these if you want to put it on your refrigerator. Or as I suggested to someone, it's not to be crude, but stick it right over the toilet paper roll in the bathroom, and you can remember to pray for me. So just things to, to, to help get the communication out there. And, and also, if you would like to be part, I have a, a private group on Facebook called the Argentina Prayer Warriors that I, I put very specific, detailed prayer requests, and usually they're fairly urgent. Sometimes it's really quiet, and sometimes it's very busy. But um, for people who are prayer warriors and who can just take a minute, stop, and just pray for the specific request that's on there, talk to me, and I'll put you in that group. It's private. You're not going to be able to find it, but I can put you on there because I I do put detailed information. I put names. I put situations. And a lot of it's personal, too, when I'm going through something and I just need prayer. So those are ways that you can communicate with me. Well, I'm going to share with you a little bit. If you can put the next slide up here, uh, talk a little bit about... um, about missions. I know that people have a lot of questions in their, in their minds about what it's like to be a missionary. And uh, so I thought I'd start a little light here and um, just kind of share with you, you know, what are the bathrooms like? Well, here's one. And uh, it's one that I've used recently and uh, in the middle of the, the Peruvian jungle. And uh, it's a septic system, which means that you like, what does that mean? It means that there's these little tiny worms that eat everything. So if you drop your cell phone, bye-bye cell phone. (laughs) Just saying, not a good place. But if you're wondering, well, what about my children? What can I do with my children? Because that's a pretty big hole. Here you go. (laughs) Training chairs. Notice there's no walls. Yeah, it's just in the middle. I saw that, and I was like, i got to take a picture of that. (laughs) I'm a wealthier home because they at least have a seat. So the children also use the same potties. I just, something light just to start off, just because missionaries have their experiences. And next picture here, a lot of people ask, what are some of the strangest things you've eaten? I chose the more politically correct picture, um, but this would be called the caldo de, de cabeza de gachena, which is chicken head soup. Um, I didn't put one with a chicken head that you could see because I know some people, you know, you might be activists, you might not like to see dead animals. There is a little chicken there. I apologize if that bothers you. Um, But that was one of the strangest things I've eaten. And also, I didn't put the one with the feet in it because they eat the whole chicken. When they cook soup, they cook the whole chicken. And uh, there was one time, the very first time I had this, I didn't know what we were eating. So it came as a little bit of a shock and a surprise. But when the people make you food, they're they're cooking their, their mascots, and they're giving you the best that they have, and they put it in front of you with a smile on your face, and they're waiting for you to eat it. And so you can't ever, ever respond in shock. But I remember the first time they put this bowl in front of me, and there was a chicken head right in the middle, and he just was appropriately placed. His beak was up, his tongue was out, just looking at me. And I was like, oh, in Spanish, que rico, how delicious. And I'm just eating, moving this, the head around, because I didn't know what to do with it. I've never eaten a chicken head before, so I would just take the spoon and move it to the side. I saw someone eat one of the chicken feet, so I just picked up the chicken feet, sucked it off, put it back in the bowl, and I'm watching, and then I finally saw someone pick up the chicken head, suck it, and put it back. So I was like, okay, and put it back, and I'm, it tastes like chicken. <laughs> 
okay? It just tastes like chicken. It's a little shock value, but that's probably one of the most shocking things that I've eaten. That we don't, I mean, we don't eat weird things. They eat, they eat horse, they eat cat, but you, wouldn't, you never knew it. I never knew I was eating horse, but uh, I just thought it was another kind of beef. But that, that's some of the, the food we eat, so just kind of share a, a little stories like that. You know, just missionaries have their interesting stories. And the next slide. All right, some testimonies from this past year. You know, I work with Youth with a Mission, and I'm a leader on our base. I've been with them for five years. I did my, my DTS, my discipleship training school, in September 2012, just a few months after uh, I led the first missions trip from here to Argentina. And then had the confirmation, the, the, the nail in the coffin, I'm going to Argentina. And actually, I was just going for five months. That was a true story. I was just going to go for five months. I was going to come back and put into practice whatever God taught me there. Here, that was my plan. And yeah, the very first week I was there, God said, no, you're not going back. So I stayed in Argentina. And one of the, the things that I work with, our base has many ministries, like I shared about activating voices um, we, this is one of the ministries that we participate in, in in our town. I'm not really part of that. I work more with the discipleship training schools. I disciple the young people. I teach. I preach. Um, and, I, and I do a lot of the mission trips. And one of the, the, the outreaches we recently did was to the jungle of Peru. And we were in the middle of the jungle, and we, we did a weekend-long youth retreat and so and with the church. And after the youth retreat, the, the pastor said, hey, let's do a water baptism with the teenagers because a few of them haven't been water baptized. I said, oh, that's cool. And so they advertised the water baptism to the students. And one of the students on our staff, or one of the students on the outreach, she hadn't been water baptized. And I had been praying, and I had challenged her, because I felt like God said earlier in the outreach that she was going to be water baptized. And I said, why don't you pray about it? She goes, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, oh, come on, please. And so anyway, she made the decision to do it. And so I asked permission if I could water baptize her. And they said, well, no, you're going to water baptize all of the students. So this was kind of a, a, cool, a cool moment that with my co-leader, Harrison, the guy in the red T-shirt, we got to water baptize five teenagers and to make their public declaration of faith in the middle of a river in the middle of the jungle. So that was kind of cool. Cool stories. I'd love to be able to, to share those kind of things. If you could put up the next slide. This is also one of my favorite testimonies of, of this year. And uh, I can't exactly remember her name. I want to say it's Maritza. But she's from Lima, Peru. She's 90 years old. And uh, so you can see her face is a little... It's not because of the sun. She's bruised on her whole right side of her body. Because women in Peru are very strong. And they're independent. And she was going out to do her grocery shopping. And she fell in the street. So she's all bruised on the right side. We went to her house because the people in the church knew her, and so we were doing house visits and praying with people and sharing the gospel. And we were invited to her house to pray for her because she was still feeling weak in her arm from the fall. And we started pr- talking with her, and we shared the gospel with her, and Maritza accepted Jesus in her heart this day. 90 years old. And I'm like, God is never early. He's never late. He's a just-in-time God. And, uh, and, and I love it. I, and, and it just, this was one day I was tired it was the end of our outreach. Um, you know, they call it youth with a mission, but I'm not necessarily a youth. Um, and I get exhausted because the schedule is really rigorous, and this week was a lot of climbing and, and walking. And, and I wasn't really focused when we were there. I was just like, because oh. we were supposed to go back for lunch, and then they said, we're going to go to one more house. And I'm like, we're supposed to go to lunch. I want to go to lunch because that means after lunch I get to take a nap. 
And so that's what I was thinking. And then we went there, and we're just sitting there listening. And just we saw the opportunity and shared the gospel with her. So I thank God that he uses us even in our, our weakness, our exhaustion, and our distraction. But it's one of my favorite stories because I love, I love to see the elderly receive Jesus. You know, it's just, it's just amazing to see their faces. It's amazing to see the transformation in, in them. So um, that's another, uh, another cool story. So if you could change to the next slide there. This morning I wanted to, to share with you also, since uh, we're talking about, I talked about what happened. Now I'm going to talk about what's going to happen. We're making a change. In 2018, I will be moving to Pucallpa, Peru, to open my own YWAM base with a team of three others. So I will be the director of YWAM Pucallpa. We need a lot of prayer. Um, where we are in, in YWAM Argentina and Puerto Madryn, we have like 80 staff that are with us. And we live in the middle of the desert. It's a dry climate right off of the ocean. And now we're getting ready to move to Pucallpa, Peru, which is in the middle of the jungle. It's right off of one of the main tributaries to the Amazon River. And also we're in the Amazon jungle. And uh, it's, a, it's a, an area with a lot of spiritual strongholds, an area where there's not a lot of spiritual depth. There's a lot of mission, a lot of missionary groups that are there because we're along the river are all of the, the native tribes. And I think I was sharing this with Leslie the other day. Peru... The, it, right along the Peru-Brazilian line, territorial line, are the most number of unreached people groups in all of the world. And unreached to the world, to modern culture, not just to the gospel, but to modern culture. We're talking, you know, people with spears and, and fig leaves and, and, you know, what you think of when you think of jungle, you know, those stereotypes that jump in our head. We're talking those types of people along this, along this area. There are a lot of reached communities and people are going deeper and deeper into the, into the jungle. And um, so we're going there. We don't know exactly what God has for us specifically in this area. I know we'll be working with children. We'll be working with discipleship. And we'll be working with the Shipivus, which are the native, the native uh, Peruvians in the jungle. So we're kind of excited about that and what God's going to do. We have some big challenges coming up. But we're just believing that God's going to do some amazing things. So in 2018... You'll, you'll see that shift in my Facebook and in my updates from the blue to the red and, uh, and to see what God has for us in Peru. Amen? All right, well, I do have a word I wanted to share with you this morning because I like to share the word of God. And I want, and I want to challenge us. I have a word that I believe is a little challenging this morning, but I believe it's something for us to, to think and pray about. As, uh, as Pastor Rob was sharing, as, as Hunter was sharing, Right now, there's the interest meeting for the Nicaragua mission. And one of the things they were saying this morning is, is pray how you, you know, if you should be part of this Nicaragua mission. Well, I want us to think a little outside the box and do a paradigm shift. I want us to pray, why shouldn't I be part of the Nicaragua mission? Because that's really the question that we should be asking. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm not talking about just going, but I'm going to tell you why. Let's start with this word here in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
And this was a word Jesus was speaking. He was speaking in the temple. He was reciting from Isaiah 61, a prophecy that was spoken of him. And and as I think about missions and as I think about our purpose and as Christians, we're to be Christ followers, right? As Christians, we're followers of Christ. So that means as Christians, we should be about the business of God and the things that he's doing. And I think of this word, and it's very simple. If you go to the next slide, Jesus had three purposes when he was here on the earth. To proclaim the good news, to proclaim liberty, and the recovering of sight. To save to set free, and to heal. Those were his purposes. Everything he did revolved around these three things. And recently, when we were on our outreach, we were praying about our theme and and what it is God wanted us to do in our time of Peru. And God said, be about my business. And this is my business. Save, heal, and deliver. Save, set free, heal. This is my business. These are the things that you should be doing. So when we started praying and when we started acting and everything that we did, we did with a focus, is what we're about to say, is what we're about to do going to save? Is what we're, what we're doing, is it going to set free? Is it going to heal? Are we bringing something that's bringing this message, this purpose to the people? And every time we preached, every time we did a human video, every time we did a kids program, every time we did anything, we had this in mind, save, set free, heal. Save, set, free, heal. And this was an outreach unlike any other. I've worked in nine schools and nine DTSs. I've I've been on at least six or seven outreaches. I can't even remember anymore. But I've been on, on many outreaches, and I've never seen what we saw in this outreach. We have been praying this year that this would be a year of the supernatural. That the supernatural, not just, you know, those things where all of the the magical stuff of God happens in in ways that you can't explain. And it it just, it's like big things. That's usually what we think of when we think of supernatural. But I started praying and I started having our staff pray for the supernatural in the everyday. The supernatural in the everyday. Because we're so so narrow-minded sometimes that we miss what God's doing in the everyday that we can't see his supernatural in the everyday. So we started praying every time that we would preach, every time that we would do a testimony or a human video, we started with a focus. Is this going to save somebody? Are we giving the life-giving message of Jesus Christ in this moment? Are we doing something that's going to set them free? And I'm not talking about just from demons, but uh, set them free from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of patterns that are destructing their life. Is this going to set them free? Is this going to heal them, restore them? And not just healing physical, but an inner healing that can happen when, when we let God touch us on the inside, like my friend Antonella. And what God's doing on the inside, he's healing her from the inside out. She'll have those physical marks on her body all of her life, but God is doing something on the inside to transform her. So is what we're doing with this theme, and we started doing that, and we started noticing every single time we presented the gospel, somebody got saved, even if it was just one person. We were in a market, and in Peru, the markets are like these just big, it's like a big giant flea market, but it's huge, 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 huge. You could get lost in this place. I think you could get lost in there for days without a map or a GPS to try to figure out how to get out because they're huge. And they have these little tiny aisles to go in and out. So we would, uh, we asked permission. We, we tried to do the right thing. We asked permission and we would go to the intersections because that was the biggest space. We had our, our little, uh, our amplifying system and we'd take our amplifying system and we'd just start playing music and we'd start dancing. 
and we'd do a dance, and the people would start to crowd around, and then, and then we would do a human video about the cross, and then one of our students would start preaching their testimony. Two minutes, three minutes. And then we would just go around and start talking to people. And every single time we did that, people would get saved. We had this one day in particular. We went to, it was called Market 6, um, because it was at Mile Marker 6. And, um, and there was a lot of people that day, and we shared in one place, and one of the guys sat down with six, six children. One of the children got up, said he didn't want anything to do with it, but five of the children accepted Christ. A little bit later, we did another one. We just did another one real quick and uh, just stopped the amplifying system. and said, let's do it here. Started doing it, and a guy starts crying. A young man, he goes, I just got up this morning. I'm like, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And today we did this, and he accepted Christ. And then we go to another place, literally in the fish market. There's fish everywhere. It smells like fish. It's just nasty. And so we're doing, we're doing the skit, and we're trying to find the cleanest spot on the floor because the skit involves people on the floor, and we're like, this is going to be nasty. So they're doing the skit here, and there's not that many people, just the people working in the fish. And, and I, in my head, oh, how ironic. Jesus called us to be fishers of men, and we're doing it in the fish market. <laughs> and one of the ladies accepted Christ. So it's just, we saw this time after time. And every day I'd sit down with the students. I said, did you see it? Did you see the God moment today? And every, every single time, like the God moment with Antonella, where the kids all ran up to her and hugged her. I said, did you see the supernatural today? God showed you his love right there. It's right there. And every day, one of the students would have a story to tell. I didn't even know half the stuff. So I started sitting down. I'm like, just tell me your God moment today. What God moment did you see? The one guy who was telling about the guy who wanted to hear from God and then started crying in the market and accepted Christ. I wouldn't have known that had I not asked. But then we started seeing all of these God moments the whole entire time. And then I started praying. I'm like, God, I don't want to stop yet. We have one more week of this outreach. I'm exhausted. The students are all in their own minds. I'm, I'm getting ready to go home. I'm done with this. It's been a long outreach. And it was supposed to be an eight-week outreach, and somehow we messed up, and we were nine weeks. And that last week was a torture. Uh, it was long. And I just kept praying, God, make this the best week yet. And so this pastor was all excited, and he decided to use us. And he sent us to all of his annexes in Lima, Peru. I don't know if you know much of the, the topography, but it's mountains. It's desert and mountains and dry. And so it's like the favelas of Brazil. When you think of Brazil and you think of all of the, poor, the poor areas where the houses just build up on the mountains, this is Lima too. And these annexes were in these mountains. So we would walk up to the mountain. And then we would go door to door, evangelizing people, up and down, up and down, up and down. And we did this for five days, and it was exhausting. The last day, I'm like, God, just show yourself. And so that morning in the service, in the morning, I got to preach in an Assemblies of God church in Lima, an amazing, amazing church. And 37 people raised their hand to accept Christ that morning. I was like, 37 people. And then I got to do the second service, and 13 more people raised their hand. I'm like, 50 people accepted Jesus on the last day of our outreach. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I don't have a number for the entire outreach, but I was like, that's a lot of people. And I was thinking the last service I was here, you know, Pastor Paul was talking about the number of pounds of ham that you guys were getting ready to do for the, for the boxes of love. And then he started talking about these 92 boxes of sausage, 10 pounds each, so 920 pounds of sausage. And then it was talking about Rosa and Mark taking this, thousands of pounds of stuff to, to uh, Puerto Rico. So I started thinking, well, let's, let's see how this works. So if 50 people accept Christ and the average person weighs about 150 pounds, 
the number comes to about 2,700 pounds of people got saved. So, just in case you were wondering. So since we're talking in pounds. But it, how exciting it is when, when God does that. But when you're focused and you're about his business. And if you could change to the next slide. And if you're thinking, you know, how can I know if I'm about God's business, if I'm doing the things that God wants me to do? And the question comes down to what are you doing with your time, with your actions, and with your resources? Because missions is not just going. You know, we had this Nicaragua meeting this morning, or it's happening right now, so I can't really promote it for you. But I can tell you, if you really want to go, there's still time for you to go. So I'm going to encourage you anyway. But the question we should be asking is not if I should go to Nicaragua. The question should be, why shouldn't I be part of what God's doing in Nicaragua? That should be our question. Because as, as, as followers of Christ, we need to be about God's business. What are you doing with your time? There's going to be fundraisers in the next six months to help them go to Nicaragua. What are you going to do with your time? Are you going to be part of what they're doing to raise money? It doesn't matter if you're going. There's a lot of stuff. I'm a missionary. I don't even make enough money to have to do my taxes. Okay, so that just kind of gives you a little idea of where I'm at financially. But I support missions. I support on a monthly basis missions because I believe in it. I don't have a lot of money to support, but I do it. And God keeps calling me to do more. And he keeps challenging me because I want to be a part of what God's doing. My nephew went to the Ukraine last year. And I, I saw it on Facebook. And I'm like, why didn't you guys send me a letter? They're like, you're a missionary. You don't have money. I said, that's not your decision to make. I said, send me, send me the contact information. I'm sending you money. I want to be a part of what he's doing. I want to sow a seed in that. Because I want to be a part of that. I don't have, but I can give. I can give something. But what are you doing with your time? You can be part of what's happening with your time. You can help with fundraisers. You can help encourage someone. Yeah, I remember there's a young man here who wanted to go to the SST last year, and he was offering service for finances to go to SST. You could give your time and give him an hour and allow him to rake your leaves for an hour. You know, these are things that we can do. We can give our time to help and to encourage. And maybe it's just something real simple like, I'm, a, I'm not a, like a big social media person, but I do use the internet a lot. It keeps me connected with what's happening here in the United States and with my family and with my church family. And I love it. And it, how long does it take just to sit down and send a quick message? The best messages I get are those real quick ones I get from somebody that says, hey, I'm praying for you today. I saw, I saw your message and, and we're praying for you. That's a, how, how long did that take? Look, you were just part of missions. 20 seconds. Hey, or you can put a format in there and send me the same message every week. That's fine. I might catch on after a while, but it's so easy. But it's to give something to say, hey, I want to be a part of what God's doing. And every little part counts. And the time, I know how strapped we are for time. I, it, living in an outside culture, I realize how much our culture is revolved around activity, 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 activity. Because when I come here, sometimes they just get stressed because it's just a lot of activity all of the time and, and people moving and, and, and to try to set up a time to drink coffee with somebody, sometimes it's impossible. I'm like, really? You can't? I can meet you at 6 o'clock in the morning if you want to go drink coffee. I can meet you at 6 o'clock. Just tell me you can do it. No, I don't have time. You're just, it shows where you're putting your focus and your energy. But are you giving of your time, your actions, what things are you doing? You know, you can pray for someone. There is the, some of my strongest prayer warriors are here in this church, or most of my strongest prayer warriors are here in this church. And there are people like, people came up to me today and said, I've been praying for you. I don't even know them. 
And I'm like, thank you so much. What a blessing it is to know that people are praying for me. And there are people, and I called them out in the first service, there are three people I know without a shadow of a doubt. The minute I put a prayer request up, it's prayed for within the first five minutes. And that would be Jen Hoffman, Kathy LaCourt, and Brenda White. There is no doubt in my mind that they're praying for me. And then I found out today there's another woman, uh, Kathy Walker, is praying for me. And I was like, thank you so much for that, because it means so much to me. It's an action to say, hey, I, I see what God's doing. I want to be a part of it. I'm planting a seed. That woman, Maritza, who got, who got saved, it's not just because Marianne May Lucas was sitting there with her. It was because people prayed for me. People gave of their time and their energy and their resources for me. And also resources. And I'm not just talking about finances. There are fundraisers that are going to happen that they're going to need your donations. They're going to need you to bring some bread or make some spaghetti or clean after the fundraiser. Things that are so easy, like last night, the spaghetti supper. It was so easy. I didn't have to pay for it. Somebody else paid for it for me. But I got to eat spaghetti and some salad and sit there and support what the, what the youth are doing. Something so very easy. But I gave them of, well, somebody else gave of their resources. But they're, <laughs> something very simple you can do. Like, I, it's very common for people to come, and, and not just one person, this is many people, say, here, this is for coffee, or this is for gas. And it's like, just little things. I've had people give me pants. I've had people give me wallets. I've had people pay for my passport to get done. I've had people that paid for the, I had to get glasses and sunglasses. Those are not cheap. But people have paid for those. Everything I have is because somebody gave up to me. And not all of it was something that was with finances. It was something just given. Here, I want to bless you. What do you need? Deodorant. Cinnamon gum. Because they don't have cinnamon gum. And I like cinnamon gum. Peanut butter cups. The same thing. You know, if somebody wants to bless me with brownies, those brownies that we had last night were amazing, and I heard Libby made them. But it's a resource. It's something that you can give that doesn't really cost you much, a little time to make them. But are you about God's business? Asking God, how can I bless? How can I be blessed? Last year, I, I came and I was praying about buying a computer, and it was just a small little netbook, and it was really, really cheap. And I was like, should I or shouldn't I? Because I have a computer, but it's kind of old, and, and I was like, I would really like a computer. So I was just praying about it. And uh, somebody bought me this computer. They said, buy the computer. I'll, I'll give you the money. So they bought me the computer, and, and I thought it was going to be a cool computer, and I get down to Argentina, and it's a netbook. I don't, I'm not like all technology and stuff like that, but... A netbook, you need the internet for it to work really well. Well, I live in Argentina in the middle of a desert, and there's not much internet. It's very, it's very crappy at best. And, um, you know, if it works, great. In the middle of the night, it's the best time because nobody else is using it because they're sleeping. Um, but it's really horrible. So it, didn't really, it wasn't really a blessing for me. But then there was a point... A little bit later, one of the girls in our base left to go to med school. God called her to med school, and she's somebody that was near and dear to me. And God says, give her your computer. And so I told her, I said, did you get a computer yet for school? And she said, no. And I said, I'm going to send you my computer. And she's thinking I'm going to send her my old computer because I have this big, huge, it's a huge computer. And so I was like, and at first I thought, I'm going to give her that computer. I'll keep the other one. But then I'm like, this computer doesn't work for me. It's a, it's, a be- it's a brand new computer. I can't do anything with it because the internet access doesn't allow me to use it as it needs to be used. 
So I was like, God said send it to her. So I sent her the community. I never told her. She goes, I got the box, and I'm looking at the box, and it's this little box. She goes, I'm like, that's not her computer. And she opened, She goes, I can't believe you sent me your new computer. I said, I know it's going to bless you because you're in a school. There's internet, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to bless you for what you want. I gave up my resources. Like I said, I'm not wealthy, but I do have things I can bless others with. And I want to be about God's business and what God's doing. I want to invest in her because I know God has a future for her. She's studying medicine. I'm going to be in the jungle. It might be nice to have a mission, uh, medical missions come to my base sometime. And uh, even if I just need a prescription for something, that would be amazing to have somebody on my side there. But what are we doing? Are we about God's, are we about God's business in missions? And um, I want to invite the, the, mission, the, the missions team, the worship team to come up. And, um, and I want us to stand up because I want us to respond to what, I want us to respond to the message this morning. I want us to respond to, to maybe what God is speaking. Because God has called each one of us to be part of the Great Commission. Each one of us. That doesn't necessarily mean go. It doesn't necessarily mean you go to a country where you have to use a squatty potty or you have to eat a soup with a chicken head in it. That's not what God hasn't called each of us to do that. I was talking to, to one of my friends here, and she goes, I could never do that. I said, God hasn't called you to do that. And I don't know that God's ever called me to do that either. But when you're in the center of God's will, he gives you the strength and the desire and the things that you need to be able to walk through it. You know, the, the next slide that I, I have up here, I, being a missionary is not comfortable. Sometimes it's really uncomfortable. This is a live picture. My feet are the ones on the bottom with a little bit of red there. Those are my feet. This was a night we were coming back from a church service, and it had rained. And in the jungle, the rain, it's always wet, so it just floods and floods. And we couldn't walk back in shoes. I ended up throwing my shoes away that night. Couldn't walk back in shoes. I had to walk back barefoot. And it was covered with mud. And if you know me at all, you know I don't like to be dirty. I don't like sticky. I don't like dirty. I don't like to share things. I don't like to share cups. I don't like to share chapstick deodorant's even worse these things make me really uncomfortable but in in this in this particular outreach god was doing a lot of things to make me uncomfortable and he was saying it's not about you it's not about you i'm making myself uncomfortable so that someone can know jesus i'm making myself uncomfortable to help make someone else comfortable and i just i just keep thinking how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news that god's going to call you to places sometimes that are uncomfortable and your, your comfort zone might just be walking out your front door to your neighbor, talking to your neighbor, or talking to your coworker. But are you about God's business in the business of saving, setting free, and healing? Are you bringing something that brings life, that gives a focus on who Jesus is, and his love, and his grace, and his mercy? And also, are, are, you, are you about his business in the, in the Great Commission? Because maybe you're not called to be a preacher, but you're called to be a prayer. Or maybe you're called to be a giver. Because I can't do what I do. I live by faith. I don't have an income. I live by faith. I live by the generosity of others. And I go because others send me. And those are, there are people who can do that, who have the resources. I need pants. Pants last so long. Shoes last so long. But God provides every one of those things, and he uses people. And maybe he wants to use you in, in a way that you would never imagine. And it could be something so simple, but it's just saying, God, I'm open. What do you, what do you have for me? 
How can I be a part of your great commission? How can I be a part? How can I be a part of what's happening in Nicaragua? Who can I support? Who can I pray for? Who can I, who can I give? Who can I help do a fundraiser? Who can, I, who can I help encourage with a word? Something that says, hey, I'm going to pray for you for the next six months as you prepare to go to Nicaragua. Or I'm going to give you finances. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to do something special. I'm going to sacrifice my coffee once a week so I can help pay for your trip to Nicaragua. I want, I want to bless you. So little things. It's just saying, God, I'm here. I'm available. What do you want to do with me? So I want to ask you to close your eyes just for one moment and ask that question to God and listen. And don't say, no, God, not that. Don't say not that. Just say, God, I want to hear you. Whatever it is you're saying, I want that. I want to be a part of what you're saying. I'm not going to Peru because I love the jungle. I do not like the heat. It's humid. It's over 100 degrees every day, daytime and nighttime. One of the houses we stayed in, we had four bats. Every day you kill one or let one go, there'd be another one. I was just like, oh, God spiders, snakes, things that make you uncomfortable. But I'm not going there because I like those things. I'm going there because God put a calling in my heart, something from years and years and years ago, and it would take a series of sermons to explain how God has prepared me for this moment. But I know this is what God's plan is, and whatever he has, I'm okay with it. Because I know I'm in the center of his will. I'm part of his business. And I get to see people like Antonella transformed. I get to see people who get saved like Maritza. I get to see Maritza, her life transform moments before she's going to walk into eternity. That's amazing to me. And to see people healed, to see them in their, their, their past, their wounds healed, to see people set free from, from the bondage of sin and from the results of their decisions, that's amazing to me. And that's what I want to be about. And how much more we can have so many God stories right here. Just with people willing to say, God, here am I. I want to be about your business. What is my role? What is my role, Lord? So let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge that you've given us, Lord God. Thank you for your immense patience and grace with us, Lord. God, I just want to pray this morning for each one of us, Lord God, to have our ears open, our eyes open, our hearts open to receive what it is you want from us, Lord. God, to be able to hear what it is you're calling us to, to say, God, what is my part? What is my role? How can I be more giving? How can I be more supportive? How can I pray more? God, what is my role in the Great Commission? And take away all of the barriers Make me a little uncomfortable if you need to, but I want to be about your business. And God, I give you everything. This morning, I just want to pray a blessing over my church family. I thank you for them. I thank you for every single person who's uttered a prayer in my name, Lord God, who's who's supported me, Lord God, with messages of encouragement, Lord, with with notes and with with songs sometimes on on the internet, Lord, and and the people that have financially supported me, Lord God, and the people that have encouraged me. I thank you for each one of them, and I thank you for our church family, Lord, whose heart is about missions, whose heart is about your business, Lord, and I ask your blessing on them. Bless their homes, bless their health, Lord God, bless their families, bless their work, Lord. God, I pray that you would use them, that there would be so much more that you would do through this church. God, that there would be an explosion of God's stories as people step out in faith and, and fulfill the role that you've called them to do.
asking God that even when they're a little uncomfortable, that you would have grace and mercy on them to help them to keep walking and to see that to see what it is you're doing. God, I thank you and I praise you this morning. God, for you are a mighty, a mighty God. And I don't want to end this time. I, I kind of made this mistake this morning, but since we're in the, the whole theme of, of God's purpose to save, to heal and deliver, that maybe there's somebody here this morning that has never given their heart over to Christ. And that today could be a day that you can make a decision for Christ. I want to encourage you. I want to ask, uh, I know that there's a prayer team here. I know that there's people who pray. And I want to ask if they can come forward. That maybe you need prayer this morning. Maybe there's something that's going on in your life. You want to make a decision for Christ. Or maybe you need to return to Christ. You need to confess something before him. God is here to save, to set free, and to heal. Maybe you need a physical healing. Or you need an emotional healing. Our prayer team is here to pray. Because God is here. And God is about the business of saving, setting free, and healing. Or maybe you're stuck in a pattern of sin or you're stuck, you're stuck in some sort of destructive lifestyle, something that's just, it's just, it's hurting you. And you want to be set free of it today. God's here to set you free. And he's going to break the chains. He came to set the captive free. And so I want to encourage you, if you want prayer this morning to come forward, our prayer team is going to pray for you and just encourage you to do that. And just believe that God is, is going to do something amazing in your life.